Get ready for a week-long celebration of music, community and fabulous fun with Joy Radiothon 2024. Joy has the largest collection of rainbow podcast content in the world and you can help keep us out loud and proud by donating during Joy Radiothon 2024. Just go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. Mark it in your calendars because Joy Radiothon returns June 1st to 7th and remember, we all flourish with joy. Welcome to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Visit joy.org.au to find out more about our Joycasts. Hello and welcome to Being There, Done That on Joy 94.9. I'm Chris. I'm Gordon. And that makes me feel. What does it make you feel, Phil? What does it make me feel? Feel, yeah. feel. Oh, I feel all fuzzy inside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't well, know why. <laughs> well, you should take some medicine for that, surely. Well, that's if you've got a sick pig, you give it ointment. <laughs> what was it for bad Jesus? I forget half these things. <laughs> Your oh. head, your head is full of so many odd things to say and come out with, Phil. People that listening to this show should hear us when we're sitting at the table talking about what we're going to talk about. It's called a production meeting. Oh, is that what it is? is it and it's generally funnier than the show. <laughs> You're not wrong, Narelle. <laughs> <laughs> and it's uh, if we did it with all the outtakes that we get rid of us from we, our system, we would need a language warning before broadcast. <laughs> no, but You're we not. do. We do broadcast at a time when it is applicable to say some sort of words. Oh, yeah, but, for, you know, we've still got to be careful what we... <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Got to be careful when we're naming planets. Yes, or, that's Or right. people, or maligning things, yes. <laughs> Sorry. Not that we would. Never been known to. Our little program has a rather large history component, only because people have been there and done that, and that's the name of the show, and we like to honour them and remind ourselves that what they did was pretty wonderful for their time, and we're benefiting from their efforts. Provided we learn from it. Yes. If you don't learn from your mistakes, you keep making them over and over again. bound to repeat them. And we're not a news program, because if you think about it, most of the news hasn't even happened yet. That's true. So how could we talk about it? You can only talk about it when it has happened. That's right. Like the sign on the petrol station says, free petrol tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And you come back tomorrow and, oh, it's free petrol tomorrow. (laughs) Remind myself to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, golly gosh. Thanks, Ray. I think there's a few stunned people around the town still from last weekend's White Night. Did you come? Oh, no, 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 Chris. I'm, I'm... I, I don't like excessive crowds like that. I'm, I'm okay in them, but I just don't particularly like to be pushed and shoved and try to find... I, I like to walk around and be able to see things at my own leisure rather than carry on with the stream. Just hold that thought about the number of people were there. Phil, did you go and see them? No, I stayed home with my doggy. All right, and I, and I didn't go either. Mm. But I think we've all seen them on the TV, how these murials... The, the white light murials. And that's right. <laughs> the, the way that our buildings were bathed in colour and suddenly became something entirely different mm. was wonderful. And you saw the flying cloud in Fed Square. I yeah. saw it when I was coming to work, yes. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. It was just 
hysteria. I can understand how it would have been blown apart a bit when that storm hit and they lost some of the fibres. Last but, week, yeah. Yeah, but it was absolutely brilliant. I was going to set up a little table and chairs promoting Earth Hour, but it didn't seem appropriate. <laughs> somebody somebody <laughs> wrote it into the paper to say about why did they bother with it because it was just putting more carbon into the atmosphere, basically, is what he was saying, he, although he didn't mention that, but he did say it was just a waste of power. Phil, these days, are the light sources for projections changed from the old filament globe? Um, yes and no. I think for these ultra-high-powered projections, it's probably too much for our modern LEDs, yeah. which are light-emitting diodes. <coughs> mm-hmm. They're not just a collection of letters. I think the quartz-type lamps are used a lot for those projections. Quartz iodine. Yeah, it's just very high energy but in balance if we had a large number of people there they weren't all at home with their 100 watt tvs and their 40 watt lights and all these things adding up so the net result may be savings yeah yeah i I hadn't thought of that i hadn't thought of that although they had to drive or take a train to the city and that's a waste (laughs) of energy i think that look the the only thing you can do is nothing but the train was going whether it had one passenger or 700 passengers or there were extra services provided for the event. But one of the things that they did show, apparently, was up at the exhibition building where they destructed the whole building and then built it back up again. That would have been something wonderful wow. to see. Yeah, yeah, they, they actually destroyed it and then built it back up again with the lights. That's the trouble with that building. It's always making an exhibition of itself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, It's been Bill. showing off since day one. Yes, it certainly has. I think... Th- the success of the event was actually something that should be highlighted to Minister Dutton. 600,000 people. Everybody having a good time. And very polite about it all and everything. No, Perfect for kiddies. Mm, no was, gangs roaming the streets or doing anything stupid. Can I just make a very small footnote speaking of the exhibition building? Because on the 19th of February 1879, right. they we, laid the foundation stone. Yeah. What a coinkydink. Yes, indeed. And, and a, it ended up being, as it is, for the Expo 1888. 1888 or something like that. Yeah. yeah. They all highlight advances in Technologies technology and, and lots of other things. But mm. I think well, there's an advance in uh, social behaviour happening these days. And you only got to compare the group in Melbourne and what had recently happened last week at that poor school in the US. Some people have said there's just too many people and tensions are building up because no voices are being heard in the midst of the hubble-bubble of everything else. Well, of course, because we don't have the, um, the, the freedom to buy guns and shoot anybody we want to, in Australia, which is uh, partly due to the buyback of the guns that John Howard instigated. Um, Australia is a very safe place when you consider it. But have you noticed what happened over the weekend in America? The girls, the schools came out in protest about guns. We've got the Me Too campaign, Mm. which is at a totally different level. But these were high school students across the country screaming out loud, stop shooting us. This is a powerful voice because these are voters of the future. Yes. These are not members of the NRA. But then you've got to remember what sort of what sort of president do you have in the in the. Well, it's not, the it's not just the presidents. The National Rifle. I'll owners, get to them. Yeah. They finance politics That's in right. America. But Trump hasn't yet used the word gun since that massacre. 
No. He's, he's blaming mental illness, which is a huge factor in this particular case. Of this kid was screaming mm. for help for years. But you, mm. but but you have to have some mental problem if you're going to do it in the first place. But if you've got a mental problem, how can you possibly have the ability to go and buy guns? Right. That's the problem. But he yeah. got he bought the gun legitimately. No, That's it's not legitimate. Yeah. <laughs> it's legal. Legal, yeah. <laughs> But back to our back to our wonderful celebration. White night. Yes, yes. Now, preceding that was actually the Chinese New Year celebrations here in the city. Yeah, well, that's as well right. as in the suburbs. Well, see the the New Year's it was New Year's Eve on the Thursday, and it was the actual New Year's Day was on the Friday, and then but then they they couldn't celebrate very much in the city on a Friday, so they left it for the weekend, and they had the wonderful dragon out, Dai Lung, and all the rest of them were out, the, the, and that wonderful dragon that came down from Bendigo. I think it's the first time it's ever been, yeah. ever been outside of Bendigo. Yeah. And the, what was its claim to fame? Biggest in the Southern Biggest Hemisphere? Biggest in the Southern Hemisphere or something it's like that. Yeah. It used to come down from Bendigo for Moomba. Did it? In my younger days. Oh, right. Well, no, that was probably the old one. If this is the new one they're talking about. It hadn't been out of wow. Bendigo. You've seen one dragon, you've seen them all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they had a they had a dragon at, in the White Knight thing up at the exhibition building that was shooting flames and fire all over the place. And singing, singing April Sun in Cuba. Who? Oh? By Dragon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, these boys are slow tonight. <laughs> they, oh, no. Well, we haven't got Dragon on our music playlist today. Oh. Oh, never mind. But we've got a Pandora. Well, she opened the box, didn't she? Let out everything. Smile and shine. Okay, we'll do that. Here on Joy. You're listening to a Joycast from GLB, TIQ Community Radio Station, Joy 94.9. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris, been there, done that on Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. Did you realise that back in 2004, Mm. a small little application was created out of what an ongoing uh, practice of US colleges? Uh, It was digitised Facebookings. What was the college story, Phil? Harvard. I think it could have been. I think it was Harvard. Harvard. Harvard where they did it. It was one of the Ivy Leagues anyhow. But it wasn't an app, it was a website. And what did it do? It was supposed to allow students to communicate with each other and probably introduce themselves in various ways. dates and all that sort of stuff, yeah. Yeah, and um, it was a pretty basic sort of concept really. Yeah. I wouldn't have called it revolutionary, but I guess having something on the their intranet within the university and not on the internet mm. in the so world. So this was a local effect. And I think they started adding other universities as time went on. Right. So this is really this, the seed that has turned into a monstrous... It was called the Facebook. 
and Not now that. we just know it as Facebook. Facebook. One word, Facebook. Yeah. The other one was three words, through the Facebook. But, yeah. um, yes, if you've seen the movie, then I won't explain the rest of the story, how it was stolen and all that sort of rubbish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's become a ubiquitous way of communicating. In 14 years. In 14 That's years. incredible, mm. isn't it? But I find it a bit of a nuisance, actually. I am well, on it, but I, I don't think I've ever posted anything on it. I don't use it at all. Me either. Because I, I, I survived before there was Facebook, and I'm doing quite fine now. It's very good for wishing people happy birthday, <laughs> because well, they always tell you who's... Saves meeting them and well, it's, saying it to well, them. Well, you don't have to remember, it because they remind you, and you just send off a happy birthday wish to them, and that's it. So it makes that you don't have to go post to the post office or anything. So yeah, so there are some positives th- to that's, the... That's, the yeah. ...what's available, but it seems to be a opportunity for people to post any sort of comment that they oh. like it's unregulated and it can be very nasty is that at the, times is that the thing that the trolls get over a something? troll is a nasty online entity yes, and they're generally like... anonymous and gutless yeah and I don't know why they are not ignored. Well, look at the, look at that. What happened to that young girl up in the Northern Territory? She was being bullied by on well, Facebook. Cyberbullying is a huge bullying, problem you know? internationally. Yeah. And this poor child took her life. And but Facebook should be responsible for those actions. It comes to something when a young girl will take her own life because of the bullying that she's received on the on the internet it's just wrong and it's not an isolated instance unfortunately and you you see it all the time with children being bullied it's from school from from other people and all the rest Mm. of it and this is where this sort of thing is wrong and of course it's not only wrong but they also collect stuff about you that you don't really want people to know sometimes i think that's called data isn't it phil or metadata metadata i'll use the american okay all right but well facebook uh famous for it google are famous for it and they target advertising at you based mm. on what you've mm. said or mm. posted mm. or the personality that you've shared online becomes a target of advertising which is not the spirit <laughs> of the internet it was really there to allow us all to communicate together and share information and then commercial interests took over and here we are well one of the things that happened to me well I get is I went on a cruise as you know last year and I keep getting all this cruise line advertising on the whenever I open up the computer into a into the so Facebook that's very page. presumptuous you might have gone on a one-time cruise and hated it exactly and they assume that you love cruising and you want to do it again yeah it send yourself an email saying I hate cruising I want to go to the moon see what ads you get <laughs> yeah but also uh, you can unsubscribe from these web pages or these links that do come to you well it's just an advertising thing that's got a the little cross at the corner that you can click it off if you want to. I just scroll down and let it go oh and it says Google won't sh- will try not to show you this ad again oh rubbish yeah, rubbish <laughs> <laughs> So it's Big Brother in a non-governmental sense. Well, these commercial interests seem to have more power than governments anyway. Well, I think mm. we've almost come to the conclusion that... that big yes, business runs everything, doesn't it? Yeah. Mm, mm, which is not good for our country and a democracy that we're supposed to be living in. But we, as individuals, have to make conscious decisions whether we want to share this data or not. Because the government, although they take it left, right and centre, especially in... America with the NSA tapping everybody's phone call, but they'll do that in the interest of national security. Well, Mr. Google doesn't care about your security, he wants your checkbook. How do they actually identify that you are saying wicked things or interested in particular products? 
Have they actually got filters that identify this word? I don't know how it's literally done, but Google essentially reads your email. Whoa. Now, that'll be an algorithm reading. It's not a person reading. Yeah, yeah. But I did a TAFE course. I think it was TAFE. Mm -hmm. Basically, certificate for in training and assessment. And for the next six months, I was offered, oddly enough, the same course from a whole lot of other training institutions. But, but I want to know how shops have have got hold of my email address because I get messages from some of the shops that I shop in regularly, but I only ever use my Visa card, but I don't they don't know my address but or anything. You but you might will be walking around with your phone and the phone is broadcasting. This is Gordon. Well, is that what it comes from rather than that? But I get but they come up all the time, you know, you've won so much and you've done this and you've done that and I think how the hell did they find my email address? This background data can be useful if you're trying to set up a, uh, a movement pattern to sh- see where you're going. Mm. Uh, I'm sure even when you're walking around the store, they can actually see what department you're going to and then suddenly pops up on your thing, oh, this is the menswear or this is hardware. Mm. Well, the, the Fitbit people got in a bit of trouble a few weeks ago because they published the movements of all the Fitbit Users, mm. and these military friends of ours in the Middle East were exposed to the world of where they are, oh, and they were trying oh, to keep right. that a bit of a secret. That's right. They were up in Iran or Iraq or somewhere, weren't they? And yeah. they were being followed. Mm. Well, is it that we don't value privacy anymore, or is it that those who do are part of the older generation, and it's the youngsters at the moment who are coming up and using all these apps and not realising that part of your life really should be private. But do they realise what privacy means? Precisely. You know, because they're the ones that are always on the phones, always texting and doing all Mm. sorts of things, you know. Well, they're also the ones sexting each other. They don't seem to realise that their actions have consequences because they're just sitting alone in their bedroom, yet they're literally exposing themselves to the world. But Chris said earlier uh, when we were talking, he said uh, when you're using these sort of things, you close your curtains for privacy and then you go into your computer and tell everybody everything. You know, so what's the difference? You know, where is the privacy? Yeah, I don't think privacy has been explained, certainly to the newer users. Yeah. So you you don't know what you're giving away if you didn't if you weren't aware that you had it by default. Another trick, and I don't fall for this, but if you see a shiny new car in your shopping mall and they're either raffling it or, you know, just give us your details. Oh yeah. That's just fishing for emails and then- you're just Diving into a big tank of names that gets sold willy-nilly mm. to whoever wants it. Well, when I often get advertising for my, a, a brand of car that I drive, and, and they send them in, show me all the specials that are coming up on it. I don't want another new car. I've got one, thank you. you know. yeah, since we, where the algorithm falls down, it assumes that something you've just bought, you're going to buy again. And of course, whenever I open my computer these days, I get a thing from my provider to say that I should sign up to their thing to access all their bits and pieces I don't want that but every I cannot use the computer till I've just taken it off I don't know how to get it away out of my computer it just keeps coming up turn your computer off yeah. <laughs> just leave it off <laughs> uh, living in the city it's a bit of a problem living in the city living in the 70s 80s and 90s and oh we got Dragonette oh, they oh, must <laughs> oh that's the little sister yeah is the it Dragon I wouldn't have a clue <laughs> you're on Joy
You can find more Joycasts and show blogs. Go to joy.org.au. You're with Phil, Chris and Gordon. Been there, done that on Joy 94.9. Thanks for being with us. A gay person... What, what, what's a gay person? Well, yes, indeed. Yeah, we, we soon Ooh. won't be able to actually, uh, hopefully, have to describe ourselves as being any different from the the rest of the people in the street. We but can s- go back to the nineteen sixties, oh. when the Flintstones would have a gay old time. Oh yeah, and I have a feeling that wasn't sexual. <laughs> <laughs> um, someone who died on the eighth of, of February, fifteen sixty four. I know it's a long way ago, Mm. was a very prolific painter, sculptor, poet, engineer, and architect. Mm -hmm. The name of Michelangelo. Mm. We know him these days. And he lived to a ripe old age of 88 years and 49 weeks. Okay, only three weeks short of his His 89th 89th birthday. birthday. Mm. And... uh, he must have had such a wonderful brain on top of his long living body. Mm. Um, and it, it's amazing everything that he ever did and that we are so grateful for for him for ever doing. But, but you've have also you seen all his artworks I've in seen Rome? a lot of a lot in Rome and I went galleries. to the, the Sistine Chapel and all that sort of thing I did did check it all out yes it's really but uh, but since I was there they have cleaned the Sistine Chapel ceiling oh, and it's now just absolutely I don't know what it was but they they don't like candles in there anymore because the candle stuff used to go up into the ceiling as as hot air rises as you know and settle and, out and it used to set made it made it all dull but <sighs> they washed it all off and it looks absolutely beautiful now it's, the, it's so back to the co- original colors did his business card say ceiling painter yes i think so yeah because yeah. he, he seems to have done a good job painting that so ceiling. you'd think it'd be recommended to but, other but, cathedrals <laughs> but to live to be 88 in those days was would would have been a bit different because um, although there were people living long lives, of course, but we probably didn't know anybody that did because Michelangelo was such a famous man. But um, you wonder whether the, the, he, he lived that life because of the food that he was eating, probably basic foods rather than processed and all oh, that sort of the thing. Conditions uh, yeah, the conditions well, he was I living in. Well, he was living. no air con. Yeah, and you've got to remember too that they were uh, the, the paint they were using had a lot of lead in it. Mm. Uh, although he painted with um, egg white was in the in the mixture to, uh, in plus, and uh, that Albumen? was albumen. Mm, albumen, yes, albumen, yes. Good old and uh, that was mixed with the paints. But uh, see, a lot of people died. A lot of artists died because they licked their brushes and they had lead in the brushes and they finished up dying mm. of lead poisoning. Mm. But he, he was such a prolific generator of all those things that I described, uh, you know, as, as a sculptor, as a po- uh, poet, mm. as an engineer, as an actor. How did he have the time? But or was his, just, his brain so wonderful that he was generations ahead? Was it the food that he was eating that was giving him brain stimulation? But, but you've also got to remember that these people, these famous people, also had apprentices that used to do a lot of the work and then the boss would come in and just finish it off to make sure it had the right touch to it. But he'd have the ideas. He'd have the ideas, yes. The, it's, if you look through history, there are, they're really freaks. They're people that, well, I guess in the time when nothing's around, it's easy to invent yeah. because all you have to do is think of something. Yeah. But you've got Einstein in his time. Hmm. He could see things that nobody else 
really, frankly, understood, and they're yeah. still studying that. Mm. Galileo. Galileo, yeah. Galileo. He's had a birthday this month too, didn't he? Somewhere along the line. I think Galileo yeah, had it. On the 15th of February. Yeah, yeah. 1564. But Newton and all these various names, they're just sprinkled through history. Yeah, but that's the advancement of the, the brain power changing as, you, as we've gone along in our evolution, you see, because... The, the brain is always active, of course, and then the, the evolution of the human being gets to the point where everything starts to change. It's always every, The human being from time immemorial has always advanced. It's never gone back. Mm. It's and, always and Even in the 2018. Yeah, we're, we're always advancing. We never, we never go back uh, to what we need. You know, with, but with, there's still the possibility of that freak who sees things oh, different yeah. and well, or got, tries to explain well, our life. One of the one of them you've got now is that Elon Musk, what he's doing. He's, well, but he's, he's got the money, but he's also got the brains and the thing to be able to do something with it. Yeah, I wouldn't quite put him up there. He's, he's not he's, a scientist. He's, a, he's an entrepreneur. And he's not afraid to do things. But that's a bit different to actually thinking up something new. So going to Mars is not a new idea. Just these brilliant minds, like Einstein with his theory of relativity. They're teaching it now in high school. Yes. Yet, when he came out with it, he basically had to justify it because nobody else had nobody, thought of it. Well, no, they didn't understand what he was saying, which is the point, because their brains yeah. were not as up to his. But now So what we're doing is we're, we're learning and educating based on all these people who have come before us. Hmm. Standing on the shoulders of. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. And, and, of course, Michelangelo being gay, he's, he was a, you know, one of our great heroes probably from the old ages well you've got Caravaggio he was gay as well you've got a lot of those artists were actually quite were uh, they just too busy to be worried about having a wife and and having a family of kids I wonder if there was just uh, all that was left for them to be well you see a lot of those artists used to paint the male body as it was yeah some of them painted the women but uh, the women were usually clothed or some of them were, uh, were naked of course but the um, but they all sort of had male models that were quite well, we've gorgeous got looking people. Michelangelo's David, David. Yeah, to start with. Who um, must have been done on a very cold day. <laughs> no, well, no, because well, actually... he just didn't want to shock the audience. No, because that particular sculptor was done so that it could be viewed from below, below. and look up. The perspectives are all wrong. How gay is that? Yes. Yeah. So I forget which culture it was that said, said to Michelangelo that there was, only, there, was, there was one thing wrong with the statue of David and the, the Michelangelo just about went berserk what, what's wrong with it what's wrong with it you know because he thought he'd done the perfect sculptor and the other painter said he's not breathing oh. <laughs> he, he was so perfect he should have been breathing pretty hard to do that with granite yes it is, <laughs> it it is. Yeah. but we were talking about maybe the food the lifestyle gave him this long life mm, but then of course food has changed over the period of time too from the ordinary stuff that we would normally grow and eat yeah but I'll guarantee his chickens were free range I bet they were free range. And so so were his cows and his so, sheep. So were the eggs and all the rest of it. But this is the thing, you see, because because we've now grown to accept processed food, it'll never change back to just eating the... the th- it might have to because we've got preservatives, we've got the fertilisers, all these things we've done to mass produce food, and now we have all these cancers that we can't deal with. When I went to Cambodia last year, all the food up there is fresh. The woman of the house goes to the market every day and buys the food for that night because they don't have 
refrigeration so oh. that they have to buy fresh. So they eat fresh food all the time, which is something we don't do here. We buy it from the supermarket where it's come out of a fridge and you take it home and stick it back in a fridge. So nothing is tr- Well, apples, for instance, apples can be two years old when you buy them from the supermarket. Oh, don't tell me that. Yes, they are. They've, oh, been, in no. the, they've been in cold storage. You mean my iPhone's not new anymore? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> well and truly. But, but someone, even in the uh, more recent history, was trying to get back to those original foods. Mm. We're talking about John Kellogg. Now, he did invent what we now know as corn as flakes. flakes. Yes, he, he had a brother who was also interested in this food technology, mm. and he went ahead and did all the corn flake empire that we know about now. But John Kellogg focused on things that were part of his Seventh-day Adventist philosophy. I was going to say it's Mm. almost like the kosher food of Mm. Seventh-day Adventists. And uh, they were well ahead of their time in discussing internal biochemistry. What would happen when you ate it? How did it go? The germ theory of diseases. But he discovered cornflakes by mistake, I think, didn't he? He left the dough out overnight and then ground it. And he originally called the cereal granula, which yeah. is, we see that name sort of in our muesli sort of yeah, field yeah. these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's what made the difference with all that he was trying to do with it. And he, of course, then went on and opened his own factory to make what he was finished up calling cornflakes. Well, of course, Sanitarium, as a company, is is in Australia. Oh, it's everywhere. And they do wheat bix and granos. Mm-hmm. They do all these other foods that are supposed to be healthy for us. But when you look at them, they're, they're not processed to the same degree as all those other no, cornflakey things the, that are loaded with sugar. Yeah, I knew a, a family of Seventh-day Adventists when I was living with a, another elderly lady while my mother was visiting eastern states for some reason when I was only a teenager sort of thing and we would go over to this place to eat and it was they only ate vegetarian it was all yeah. vegetarian food no meat and uh, they were the, the healthiest people you'd ever want to see the, the the girls had the most beautiful skin and there were there was only girls in the family but they were just absolutely gorgeous looking kids but that was all from the food they ate mm. and now they bring us cocoa pops well, and, that's um, Mr. Kellogg does, yes. Yeah, yes. the other Kellogg, but the sanitarium mob, they're, they're really highly fashionable these days. That's what we're doing with all, as you said, our mueslis and getting back to basics, mm-hmm. uh, bread that's got 14 grains in it and it's unprocessed. That's right. Yes, There's no white bread in my no. life, they well, sort of Of course, say. in the old days, we, you, you would have to eat your loaf of bread in the day or a day and a bit and then get some the next day. And the, and the baker used to call around every couple of days to sell you the bread out of the van. Not wrapped, not anything, not like you get it these days. And he'd break it over his knee when you'd break two halves over your knee to get the thing and then you'd always have that's the what piece. the french have their baguette mm. that is you bought every day is a long stick of bread that's right yeah. and it's wonderfully crunchy good mm. for the choppers yeah but we also got the milk the same way delivered to the front doorstep and but in, the, I, in the billy i saw somewhere recently that bakers went through a period of not dishonesty but creative accounting Oh, right. And you would sometimes you'd order a dozen such and such and you'd get 10 or maybe 11. And over time, people started complaining. So now we have the baker's dozen because to get their image back, they would give you a 13th one. Mm. The baker's oh. dozen is always 13. Mm. <laughs> well, this is the world we live in. Oh, my word it is, and yes. Who have we got? We've got Alcazar going to sing to us about that. Sounds like a wizard.
You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ Community Radio Station Joy 94.9. You're with Gordon, Phil and Chris. Been there, done that. Joy 94.9. And you might be listening to us on a podcast. You might be. Thank you. If so, hello. (laughs) Yes, and thank you for using our podcast service. It's a good way of catching up if you miss us when we go to air, which is 11 o'clock at night on Tuesdays or 5 o'clock Wednesday morning. And you like the 5 o'clock. I always listen at 5 o'clock in the morning on a Wednesday because I'm always up ready to get into joy to do the radio program at 9 o'clock. We do have some early morning listeners, so that's good. But if you don't, but go to our podcast page. We go to the Joy page, which is joy.org.au, select programs, have a look for Been There, Done That, and you'll get to see our faces, unfortunately. <gasps> I apologise for that. <laughs> <laughs> but you'll see our most recent podcasts listed yeah. there Good. in order of time. Yes. Date, I, or, date order, are they? Chronologically. Chronologically. Yeah. Yes, I even put on there the date the program is first aired so we can go back because we're actually at uh, show number 791 My goodness so we'll me. soon be at show 800 and i think that will put us in the longest running show on joy oh what about um saturday mag does that how long's that been going uh, sat mag could have been yes mm, been i don't going. think they number there so <laughs> Notice I didn't join in that chorus. <laughs> One of us has to be mature. Oh, I'll do it. Now, just going back to Mr. Kellogg, mm. Phil, you, you picked up on a little notice in his uh, Oh, the one CV. I wasn't going to read? Yes. Well, yes, because I think it's, it's, interesting. You know, it's social manipulation. Yes, I think so. Oh, or manipulation of something. <laughs> I'm just quoting here. These cornflakes were invented as part of his health regime. To prevent masturbation. His belief was that bland foods such as these would decrease or prevent excitement and arousal. And then, oddly enough, Kellogg was inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame in 2006. I guess not specifically for that thought. No, no, I wouldn't have thought so. For the centuries, everybody has tried to stop masturbation, but it's a natural thing for everybody to do. And I don't know anybody that hasn't done it, man or woman. Well, there's there's two type of people, those that say they have and liars. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Mothers always freak out that their little newborn boy has discovered this toy between his legs and he might be not walking, but he's discovered. But it's a natural thing because we are all born of an animal thing. But it's it's natural selection. It's not at arm's length for... By accident. No, exactly. <laughs> it's put there for a reason. <laughs> and I tell you what, it was put there for a reason way back in, uh, what, 1774. Mm. And the 30th of January, Captain Cook, or Lieutenant Cook, I think, I think he was at the time, he sailed past the Antarctic Circle and he was the first man to go as close to the Antarctic uh, uh, he was very, well, very... First European. First European. Because we don't know what anybody else was doing. Well, mm. we don't know because once upon a time, the South Pole was, was, a, was a, like a, a continent with trees and what have you. Well, and you've got to also remember that South America is very, very close. It's got a whole right. series of islands They'd going jump down. Across. And mm. people probably could have got the other side of the Arctic Circle yeah. if they'd known it existed yeah. quite innocently. But, but the, he put there... 
did uh, Cork. And the Resolution was the first ship to cross the Antarctic Circle, as you said, in 1773 or four, as part of uh, Cook's second voyage. But the funny part about it was what happened on that voyage. Wow. Well, we're talking about how Mr. Kellogg, he should have been eaten. They should have been eating Kellogg's corn Because flakes. 19 men were punished for sodomy. One with 24 lashes, two with 18 lashes, 16 with 12 lashes, and six with six. A total of 288 lashes amongst those 19 men. And as Philip asked, does that, was that the start of fetishism? <laughs> or that particular fetish? Yes, but, yes. But it, it just shows that, okay, they might have been up on one charge, but even if they were having a very busy evening, you wouldn't be able to sort of clock up so many opportunities that uh, it was just one night's well, raiding but, on but, the, these guys. The, the sailors were doing what... Well, there was no alternative well, for was, them. That's this is what happens in prisons, of course, where, where relationships happen when pe- when men are together for a long time and there's no female company. This is what happens all the time. You get you get these relationships that form with uh, with people. But the see, modern prison has got cable TV and yeah, stuff but, to do. But, it, it. but yeah, but in those days they had nothing, and and of course, and they were sailors. What's a sailor right. going to do? That's right, exactly. But but it, it it was one of those things, and, and human nature is always looking for companionship. It doesn't matter how you get it, whether it's from a male or a female or what. Human people love to be with humans, with with humans, and want. So they should have renamed it the companionship. Yes, and they should be. Yes, very good, Phil. But they should. But everybody likes to be wanted and this is the thing when that when these guys have been on this cruise for probably a year or so by then and they haven't seen a woman for all that time so it's uh, I, it's understandable I bet when they had a bit of shore leave they went a bit feral oh well they probably did it but cape town or somewhere like that they would have done yeah. got a bit feral at cape town yeah. uh, about 14 years after that sort of event was the first australian wedding performed in the new south wales colony by a couple of criminals. Yes. A man criminal and a lady criminal. That's she right. She stole his art. She did. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> she was a criminal in that fashion. I know. What did he get from her? He Hate got, to think. No, they had, they had, they had children, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. They had a few, quite a few, actually. They did. They yeah, did. The first, first children it's, born. It's taken 230 years since until the marriage law was modified. Modified was or changed. Or to improved. Be, Improved. Thank you, Phil, for same-sex marriage. Well, for all of us to get married, anybody it's, can get married yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. So, although you heard the story of the red corpuscle and the white corpuscle, no, they were so in love, but their love was in vain. Oh, <laughs> another one of the dad jokes from Phil. Yes. Well, I won't tell you about the antennas that got married. What did they happen? Oh, the wedding was shocking, but the reception was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Dear, oh dear, oh dear, that's wonderful. We have to finish on a light note. Yeah, well, okay. Now, you, you're talking, Gordon, about your little car. Does it have a little beepy type thing inside the cabin when you're into reverse? Or It does. It has a camera in the back of it, and oh. I can see where I'm going backwards. And it's very, very handy when you're parking between two cars because you can just line it up perfectly and just go straight back. Wow. It is very, very Hit them every time. <laughs> never missed never missed yeah but, uh, but i find that very very good and it's, it's a little bit bigger than the old car and it's in my garage when it, it has to go i have to get it really lined up to get in so i don't scrape the sides of it or something rather but and coming out with that on i can see where the how close the wall is and 
Phil, what's the technology behind the little beeper type things? That is, well, it's essentially radar. Oh. Mm. It's, um, it sends out a beam and times the response back. So you, you have what's called a transceiver, which sends out a beep and listens, and it can judge distance on the time it takes to come back. Yeah. Mm. yeah and if there's a mirror on the moon that the Apollo astronauts left, and if you shine a laser on that mirror, mm. you can actually time the, the, the distance back for the beam to come back mm. and verify the distance mm. between the Earth and the moon. Whoa. When you've got absolutely nothing else to do. Yeah, no, well, no, no, no. Well, of course, radar had to be invented. Oh, yes. yeah. It was only invented back in... Second World War. Well, that's right, 1935, mm. uh, 26th of February, it first demonstrated right. that it yeah. really was a viable... That's right, yes. And distance... Then, then it came uh, in very... What, what is the acronym short for, please, Phil? Ooh, Radio... I, it's, uh, it's expired in my brain. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> but it was sort of distance and range. That's the DAR, DAR, radio distance and, and range. range. Yes. So there you go. And uh, that was very useful in the war. With the and of course, planes flying, they could work out where they were and all the rest and of that. And how they were coming. Mm. I wonder if there was radar in Darwin because when did this happen? The Darwin bombing, that was in it 1942. Was on the 19th of February, 1942. Mm. Yes, yeah, some of the locals thought, oh, here's our Air Force flying over. Uh-oh, but when they're the, not our but friends. The train spotters, the plane <coughs> spotters, had already said that they weren't us, and mm. they were, and the people were, were, didn't know what to do because it was so quick. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. the other thing was, of course, that this the town, the city of Darwin, didn't have communications to all its residents. That's right. Yeah. So if they had a loudspeaker system, they could have actually said duck mm, or. Duck. Yeah, run something. for cover or something, yes. Yeah. But, but it, they, they concentrated basically on the shipping in the harbour and then started strafing and bombing the, the town itself. That was uh, one of the few attacks on Australian mainland. There's another one down at Robin in uh, northwest Australia. Robin, Robin. They yeah. went down as far as Broome, actually. Wow. And and many subs in Sydney Harbour. Yeah, that's right. Allegedly. There were two because one of them is already in the National War Museum. I think it is one of those museums, yeah. But we, we lived in, um, during the war, we were in Perth. And that's when um, my mother decided we'd better get out of Perth because she didn't want to. We were about three miles out of the centre of the city. All right. In those days. But you were actually in one of the safest cities on the planet at the time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, she and wanted to get out of And where did you town. end up going? 18 miles south of Perth into a place called Armadale. All right. This was in the little town in the bush. It was a village. There was, it was a combined thing with Armadale and Kelmscott. Mm. But you've got to be careful about notifying the public, as we've learnt recently. People staying in Hawaii received a warning oh, yes, SMS yes, to yes. say that a missile had been launched from yes, North Korea. Yes, that's right. And then more recently in South Korea, they received the same message, but it was in Korean, and all the people there, Westerners covering the Olympics, thought it was a warning because it had super cold weather. They thought, oh, well, this is just, <laughs> we've got more cold weather coming. Oh, yeah. But the point is, the thing was, it took them 45 minutes to stop that. Oh, the Hawaii the one Hawaii was a disgrace. Was a disgrace. Yeah. Yes, 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 <laughs> really was, yeah. But that's what happens when you have, when when your uh, things like internet and that go haywire and you can't well, fix communication quick enough. Communications. If you give effective. it too much power, yeah. it, even mistakenly, it can go horribly wrong. 
And that's talking about us going horribly wrong. It's about the end of the year before the end of the program, isn't it? It is. We'll hope to have your company next week. So until then, from us, it's goodbye. Bye for now from Gordon. And bye from Phil. Cheerio. That was Chris. This Joycast is a free service brought to you by Joy 94.9. Support Joy 94.9 by becoming a member at joy.org.au. This podcast was produced by Joy Media. You can support Joy's diverse sound and diverse community this June by donating to Joy Radiothon 2024. Go to joy.org.au slash radiothon. And remember, we all flourish with joy. Joy.